If just one, one piece of Captain Ree could exist in real life, I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> I mean, maybe your green flag is him rearranging your kitchen. I mean, maybe that's a red flag for you. Like for some people that Yeah, don't rearrange flag. my shit. Anyang <laughs> SAO, welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey everybody. Hello. Hi there. So happy sweater weather. Not yet. No, not yet. And I did make a rule that we're not allowed to talk about the weather and you or started vacuums. It, and you started it with weather. <laughs> and I then destroyed it. Like within. You totally did. I'm such a grandma. <laughs> and for that, for that, I'm going to put you on the spot for something that we do need to talk about. Because um, September was, you had an intention for September. I did. And I'm not, I'm not at all um, this is not at all shaming. This is just I'm trying to get everybody back. No, on this track. is good. This is what motivates me is to be shamed publicly. And I said that I would do the intention with her and I didn't do it either. <laughs> okay, so it's been a while since we've talked about Supernatural, our VR uh, workout program on the pod. Give a quick like 10 second update on like what it is because I'm not sure how many people yes. like. Okay. It's been a while since we so, talked a long time. So even though, even though Meta and Oculus pay me no money whatsoever, I sold Leah and Megan on buying themselves an Oculus VR headset so that they could sign up for Supernatural, which is a workout program on the Oculus. And they did it, and they loved it. And for a while, for a long while. Like six months. Yeah. No I mean, like you that. even traveled to Vegas with it. Leah. I did. So no, it was like nine months. So we were going strong on the Oculus. And then, you know, like life happens. Like I got COVID. I went to Australia <laughs> yeah. and the code, it, I went to Australia and the power was different and I couldn't use it. Like you brought it, but you couldn't use it. Yes. I brought it all the way to Australia. Megan, you didn't go and anywhere. I, I don't even know what my excuse was. <laughs> yeah. Megan climbed I climbed a mountain. Like, <laughs> I, I climbed a mountain. <laughs> we just fell off the wagon. Yes, Megan and I fell off we the did. wagon and the wagon kept going to the market with Amy in the back. Yes. And so I'm back. I'm back on track. And I miss seeing you guys on my leaderboard because I think we have some healthy competition going when we are all on it as far as who can get the most points for the week because it, it and keyword healthy and healthy. Yeah, it's it is healthy. It's healthy competition. And it's because it's also making us healthy. And it's fun, too, which it's is, very fun. you know, which is I think the big part of it, because I'm one of those people who all my life has had trouble sticking to like an exercise program because I need to be tricked into doing it. Like I need to be like, I, I ran for a while, but like, I really, I don't enjoy running like unless somebody's chasing me. So. <laughs> and then you enjoy that? No, I don't. I don't enjoy it, but I, I enjoy <laughs> like knowing that I will save my life if I run. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair. That That's the only thing. So anyway, so I, we're putting it out there. We're setting, setting the intention. We're making it public that Leah and Megan are going to get back in the headset with me. Um, any of you out there, if you have an Oculus, if you are on Supernatural, um, please look us up and friend us on there because we would love to hang out with you. Um, I actually think that people who I'm already friends with on Oculus might need to refriend me because they made us change our logins because it's now owned by Meta because isn't everything owned by Meta? (laughs) 
And this is a great time to do it because I feel like as much as like New Year's resolutions are like, you know, but why wait until I wait for some people? Exactly. I feel like, you know, let's do it now because I feel like then I've got like momentum. And this is what I did last time when I did it. So I felt like by the time New Year's came around, I was like, oh, I've already been like going for three months and it felt good. So yeah, I was just talking about the fact that I think what I've gotten into is that like when I look around at my life, it is not that I'm not busy. It's that I think that if I'm doing something for someone else or I'm doing something that involves others, because I mean, I would say the podcast is for me. However, like, you know, I'm accountable to like all of you and anyone listening, you know, I feel like accountable to like the whole community. Whereas if it's like, I don't like work out, it like affects me, but like no one else. And so it's easy to let those things be the things that like you neglect. Right. Like that's the only thing that's like, that's only accountable for you. Yeah. So in your, it's like, it's easier to let that slide. I feel like that's what I'll triage when I'm busy and I'm always busy, but like, you know, there's also like busy and busy. So, you know, I mean, look, I know what I need to do. And I was saying that like, for me personally, it's writing for myself because I do have a writing business. And so I'm accountable to that as well. Um, But writing for myself and exercising for myself are two things that I think we were just talking about the language that we use too, that I get to do. Not that I should do, not that I have to do, but those are things that I get to do. You get so to, it, you choose you know. to. Yeah. So speak, you know, speaking of the language, because I was talking about some training that I'm doing at work, another thing that, another exercise that we did that I think this this could apply to anybody is we had to pick seven different roles that we have. They're like, you know, if you're a mom, who do you serve? You know, if you're a partner, like who, you know, the role and who you serve in that role and um, you, know, you had to pick seven. You had to go down and do identify seven of them. Then when we get done doing writing down our seven, our leader for the training today was like, how many of you put yourself as one of those roles? And nobody oh. did. Yeah, yeah. No. Nobody did. That one person. Because you don't think of yourself as someone you should serve. And you are. Oh, it's like, so funny. And it weird. is. And I feel like we've talked about this before about like how we like value doing that and value like my time and value our time. But it's still like even when we have that value and we're like trying to be overt and push back against these ideas that like being selfish isn't bad. Da, 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 it's like so deeply ingrained that like you're right. Like when it's like, who do you serve? Yeah, of course, you're not going to think of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and you what should. a truth bomb that is. Right. Like speaking of, you know, like supernatural and kind of doing things for yourself. Um, so my husband and my son uh, ran a 5K um, recently and I was really so proud of them. Like uh, my husband isn't necessarily like a, he's getting into running now, but he's never really been like a runner. But he just kind of was like, look, I, I want to do it with with, you know, our son. And we're, you know, my son's been getting into running and I mean, he just went out there and he ran it and I was so proud of them. And I did say to my husband, I was like, look, I like, I felt really inspired and I was mm-hmm. like, I want to do this next year. I want to do this run next year. I want to do a 5k. That's like my goal Aww. within a year. Yeah. Um. So now well, that Couch I said to 5k it, is a great program. I've done couch to 5k because what I tend to do is couch <laughs> to the 5k and then like nothing ever again and then, and then like back to the couch later, i'm like well time to do that again but it does work yeah and i really yeah because i i was just like you know what i felt really i saw all these people out there running 
And it just seemed like, I don't know, it was just like a positive, like fun event. There were just people of all ages. And I, yeah, I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna do this. So I need to get back into Supernatural, get my kind of like my cardio better, get stronger. Yeah. And have endurance so we can live a long time and podcast for a hundred years. And you know, Yay! you know, you know what? Um, I think I'm going to segue here because what you're doing, Ooh. what you're doing is you are choosing to serve yourself as your own green flag heroine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that yes, is yes. how, you know, okay. Hey, That's pretty good. hey, it is better than some others that we've had. <laughs> <laughs> choosing to be my own green flag hero. I like it. So... Maybe we should get into what that is. Yeah. You know, these days, many of us are quick to call out red flag potential partners and in relationships we see unfolding around us, whereas green flags tend to get a lot less attention. So you are probably aware of like what the term red flag means in relationships. They're often like things that come out during the dating stage of a relationship, and they're problematic qualities that can signal a potentially unhealthy relationship like lays ahead. Um, But on the other side of the spectrum are green flags. So behaviors or qualities that show that the person you're with has a potential to behave in emotionally and physically healthy, mature, and generally lovely ways down the road. So in a nutshell, green means safe to proceed, whereas red means stop and watch out. That's a good definition. I like that. I think that, you know, I, I will say that when this topic first came up as something to do, I... Is this a term that we came up with? Does it exist? Like, I, I've never heard of it before. So that's why I think it's cool to bring it up. But is it something that anybody has talked about before? Or is it, like you said, Leah, like something that just kind of gets neglected because we're much we're much more inclined to point out bad things than we are good? You know, just like if you have, like, a bad day, like, you're much more inclined to, like, point out all the bad things that happened in your day, even if there were good things as well. Yeah, I mean, I I originally saw the term green flag on Twitter. I just yeah, saw I was a saying, lot you of certainly did not coin it. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, I, was, yeah, I didn't know where it came from because I like when it got brought up, I was like, oh, I've never heard that before. Right? Yeah, I definitely saw on Twitter people would be like, and and I, I even saw it like relating to K dramas, like, oh, well, this was like a green flag hero moment, and I was like, okay, well, that's really fun. Yeah, I really like that. It felt positive. Not that we always have to be positive because we certainly aren't, but that's. That's a more fun topic for me to talk about than just like a whole episode of like heroes with red flags and K-dramas. I think it's fun to talk about, you know, yeah, the good stuff. About, yeah, the kind of relationships that actually feel good. And the other thing is that I think like it must have kind of like come out of the zeitgeist of like green flags being talked about in like the wider media too. Because when I was like, you know, looking around on the... um, you know, on the great World Wide Web. Before, why did I even say World Wide Web? Well, I was World on the internet. Wide Web. <laughs> okay, Al Gore. <laughs> um, we were talking about the World Wide Web and how I'm 90 years old. <laughs> I talk about uh, the weather and I talk about the World Wide Web. <laughs> Um, but okay, so when I was kind of just like, you know, I was like, I'm gonna like, you know, Google around on green flag he- heroes or green flag relationships and kind of just see like what's out there. And there is a lot more like kind of like current as of 2022 kind of like conversations about looking for green flags and relationships, which I think is great, because it's kind of like, look, re- like you, we acknowledge like 
why just always be like, hey, look at the red flags to stay away from? Like, let's talk about manifesting like we were talking about earlier, if we're going to bring that back and say, like, let's set our attentions to call in the things that we want to see. And so, you know, a lot of these things are like fairly common sense, but they're like things that you just want to think about when you're like, what are qualities that are going to make a good partner? So things like you would listen well. It's a person who's comfortable talking about feelings. They have self-awareness and empathy. You know, what else? The relationship moves at a comfortable pace, right? Like they're not like taking you and like trying to like love bomb you and escalate into like, you know, forcing you into like this like forever commitment before you're ready, right? Right. And I would say too that I think there would be different green flags for different people. For sure. So maybe it's like a good idea to like, think about that like well what are you right. what are you flags? looking like, for you might maybe you don't maybe you know what you don't want but do you know what you do want so like you know it's probably a good idea to and k-dramas might even help that you might even be able to watch k-dramas and be like okay well that's a green flag i do want emotional yes. availability that's a green yeah flag and so me. i mean <laughs> i think yeah i think that like you know we can say that like realistically you know, K-dramas are obviously fiction, right? And these are fictional men in fictional situations. However, fiction can inform fantasy and fantasy can inform, you know, fiction, obviously. And so, yeah, I think that, like, it's good to be like, hey, I'm enjoying seeing emotional availability, like Amy said. That doesn't mean that, like, everyone's going to be, like, a K-drama hero because that's, like, not real. But, you know, it means that, like, that could be a really nice thing for you that like, oh, I've been like often dating men who are still caught up in like patriarchal ideas of like, you know, emotions mean weakness and badness. And I'd like to have somebody who's a little more involved in that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that can be real. Like you can take an aspect from something fictional and something fantasy and pull that into real life and it can exist. The actual yes, hero agreed. himself is not going to exist. I'm sorry. No. Like Captain Reed. There is no Captain, Captain Reed. <laughs> is not in the real world. He never... yeah, no, sorry, no one's going to crawl 24 hours through a tunnel, <laughs> no. get an artful scratch, and then, uh, you know. And not smell not... or soil himself or any, you know, anything like that. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. want to sex you. Right. And sleep, he'll sleep, just, sleep in another bedroom. Just give you a warm hug <laughs> and then let you play dress up on their amazing body. And then program your phone for a year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, okay, it's not He just real, wants but... to organize your ramen. <laughs> if just one, one piece of Captain Ree could exist in real life, I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> I mean, maybe your green flag is him rearranging your kitchen. I mean, maybe that's a red flag for you. Like, for some people, that Yeah, don't rearrange flag. my shit. That's your... Well, what is something that for you... I mean, here's a question that's, like, not in the script, but to, like, free ball a little bit. Like, you know, what is one thing that is a green flag for you that, like, when you see it, you're like... I like that. Other than emotional availability? Oh, you can do emotional availability. Megan, do you have one? Um, I would say I I love when I, I would say like in relation to K dramas, like I really love a hero. <laughs> maybe this is a low bar. Like maybe this is <laughs> pathetic and a low bar. But I just love when he lets her speak. He doesn't talk over her. He listens to what she has to say and responds accordingly, like is actually listening um, and also shows that deference in front of other people. So he's giving her that respect in front of other people. I would say that when I get to talk about like the green flag hero, that was like one of the biggest things about him. 
that he's clearly like respecting her in front of others and isn't trying to put up a front like to put up a front or have this like old toxic masculinity um thing where he feels like he's the one who has to be the alpha in front of her Mm -hmm. and i think something that i just innately enjoy is when somebody um can treat other people well even if no one's watching so like how somebody treats you know a waiter how someone treats a big oh yeah big green flag yeah i mean like if you're an asshole to a food server forget it like, yeah, yeah, forget yeah. it. Forget and it. I mean, like, look, you don't have to be, like, annoying best friend, but, like, just that basic decent courtesy of, like, treating humans in, like, a human way. I mean, like, I guess that's a low bar. But, yeah, I feel like it's a real reflection on how they're going to, you know, treat you and how they're going to treat other people that are important to you. Yeah, I mean, I would say – I even remember one of the first – oh, my gosh. I mean, it was maybe – one of the first times I was with Neil, like out in public when, when, when we had started dating. And I remember that, I don't know if we were like in a subway or a bus, or I don't remember where we were. But he I just remember he got up and like, I got up too. like, he was like, I think we should stand up. And I was kind of like, huh, why? And it was for a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. And he was like, get your ass up. Because you're like 18, this woman. And I'm like, that's yeah, hot. sure. You're right. You're like, that's hot. That's hot. I do. I, I will always. Of course, I can't remember the details, but, you know, it's the feeling. I remember. Sure. And look, I mean, like everyone knows that I'm like a BTS fangirl and something that I don't know why this really matters to me, but I delight in stories of like just folks, you know, like people that are working backstage or service yeah. folks. And everyone seems to have these like very good things to say of like they show up, they're kind, they are courteous. They, you know, it's like not overdone. They're just like they treat people kindly. And it makes me love them <laughs> with all my heart yeah. and soul. No, I agree. I, it was funny. I was watching um, a video of ATs where they're meeting the new boy group that's going to be debuting under the same company which is kq mm-hmm. entertainment and the boys were kind of like do you have any advice for us and son was like be kind to the staff oh son that was like the first thing he said was be kind to the staff and i was like oh my god like that that was his it's not even like about it's just the fact that like yes like that is the energy i mm-hmm. want to see being put out like that's a good representative for me yeah, entitled behavior is just never attractive. Not on anybody. <laughs> All right. And if my K-drama hero is acting entitled, my favorite part is when he's humbled. Yes, I think that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So first up, Amy, why do you think there's this idea out there that girls love a bad boy? And when I was thinking about this question, you know, my hunch is that it ties in a lot to those ideas of universal fantasies that we've talked about before on the pod. I mean, I think it's 100% universal fantasy. Like, I love a bad boy in fiction. But, like, a happily ever after with a bad boy who is kind of like a static bad boy, remains a bad boy, like, that's not sustainable. That's why if there is a bad boy in fiction, whether it's, you know, a drama or a book or whatever, the only way that that relationship works is if he changes some way. Um, And so I've, I've talked about my favorite vampire Damon Salvatore from The Vampire Diaries before on the pod, and I'll bring him up again. Because the thing about Damon is that he's not a static bad boy. He gets, I mean, he gets a lot of seasons to to grow and change. And 
his reasons for why he is the way that he is are also unknown in the beginning. And you realize that, you know, what you see in the first couple of seasons isn't really who he is because there's a lot of history, like hundreds of years of history that have led up to that. But if he didn't change and grow, he would not have been a sustainable partner. And so in a book or a movie or a drama, I think we can live out our bad boy fantasies because we know that it ends when the book or the drama or the movie ends, right? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing about it. Like, we know we can have that short-lived fantasy, that short adventure that checks this little box and allows us to then in real life understand that longevity comes from finding someone who doesn't raise those red flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And then, Megan, you know, for the last couple of years, you've been writing these big alpha hulking aliens. So, you know, when you're putting together a romantic hero, how do you decide how to walk a line between possessive hot or possessive uh-oh? Like, and should there even be a line? Because romance is also this, like, fantasy space. So I write what I'm comfortable writing. And right now, that's, you know, hulking possessive aliens who still ask for consent <laughs> and allow the heroines to make their own choices. Um, I actually made a TikTok on my author account recently where I started with, oh, when the big alpha alien won't take no for an answer, dot, dot, dot. And then I like paused <laughs> and I was like, never mind. My aliens always ask for consent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, it, you know, it made me laugh. Uh, and, you know, it was funny because I had a comment um from a from someone who has read my books and she's like i was gonna say your aliens would never like she like knew she was like confused about my tiktok when it started and look i read dark and taboo man romance with like bad boys and i don't think there is a line in that fantasy space just i mean just piggybacking off what amy said it's a fantasy and you go into it knowing that it's a fantasy and you go into it yes exactly i know what i'm getting when I read a dark romance, and I'm, again, consenting to that fantasy in that in that um, respect. But I also do think that that's why dark la- romance should be labeled appropriately. Um, because a lot of readers don't want to read taboo, and they could obviously be triggered by, um, by certain situations. And I really think it's all about readers and trust. I would say at this point, my readers trust that my books that I write under Ella Maven are not going to get too dark. Um, And I even took like one book like a little far and I got pushback on it. And I respect that. Like I and I take that trust very, very seriously. So to the point where if I did venture into darker territory, I would make it extremely clear or I'd probably write under a different name because it matters to me that readers get what they want. They know what they're getting when they open one of your books. Yeah. And they, so I want them to have, you know, the fantasy that I'm presenting. And if they want that darker um, fantasy, then they can, they can get that from a different author. I mean, obviously that's like, I'm a mood reader too. And sometimes I don't want the darker stuff, but sometimes I do and that's okay. Um, So yeah, I do think that line can go, or I don't really think there is a line. I just think what is appropriate is that you're, you're making sure you communicate what you are writing so that readers know what to expect. Leah, can you unpack the time you were asked to read a book (laughs) 
that ended up being the reddest flag relationship in the world. Okay. So I've talked about this on the pod before. Um, and I, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty. I'm not naming names. I'm not going to give the book title. But when I was a baby author, I was asked to read a book by another debut author. And it was billed as a new adult romance. So by definition, this means that the characters were roughly 18 to 24, maybe 26 at the top end. Um, and that the ro- since it's a romance, we have the promise of an HEA or happily ever after. So here's the thing. The hero was dark and broody and mysterious, and he'd been set up to have these like dead girlfriends in his past. And so you're like, ooh, what's the story? And like, whatever. Well, <laughs> he is a serial killer. <laughs> like he straight up murders his girlfriends. And at the end, he really wants to murder. He really wants to murder. And and like she's all, well, if it makes him happy. If it makes you happy. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not it even can't be fucking that bad. kidding. So he basically goes ahead and murders her, except like he tries to murder her. Like he doesn't hold, he intentionally attempts to murder her <laughs> and like is a bit sad after he does because the end of the book, spoiler, she doesn't die, but like she's watching watch him her watch her die and he's like has this like manic happy face because he's so happy to murder her and then she sees his face changes he's like uh-oh like she's gonna die and she's not like the other girls like i kind of want to keep you know you're special like the other really want to kill you oh my god yeah yeah so look i read it i was like okay well like the writing was fine it's a thriller, like a psychological thriller. It's deeply fucked up, and that's fine. Like, there's books that are fucked up and, like, you know, weird and totally okay. But it's not a romance. <laughs> and so I, like, contacted her and was like, look, you know, this book is what it is, right? Like, you wrote a book about, like, you know, you like this. This is fine. Like, you know what I mean? But it is a fucked up thriller. It's not a romance. And the author um, respectfully disagreed. And I was like, well, it's like the conventions right. of like the genre. It's not like me being like, you know, World Wide Web, Leo. <laughs> like there is a, like, there I is was a like, it actually is like legitimately. Question. It's not a romance. Yeah. Like this is just how it goes. And I remember the argument that she gave me was like, well, you know, because oh, Game of Thrones was going at the time. She's like, when you see Game of Thrones and you see Jamie Lannister, don't you think he's like hot? I was like, I, to me personally, I absolutely do. Yes, he fucks his sister and throws 100%. a kid out the window. Yep. And I still think he's hot. Yeah. I will say that. And I also don't think he's a romance hero. Nor like, it's Game just me Thrones personally being like. A romance. <laughs> no, clearly not. So if I find something problematic in Game of Thrones hot, that's on me and, like, my own fucked up journey. But that's not, like, you know, you don't go put that in the bookstore as, like, brother, sister, incest, child murderer. Um, And so that was the end of that conversation with that author. Yeah, I got pushed back. The author was not, um, you know, the author, I think, just didn't want to Sometimes, you know, people ask for your opinion and they don't really want your opinion. They just want you to Mm -hmm. say, yes, I like it. And in this case, I was like, as far as books go, like, 
you know, sure. If you were like, here's a real dark, twisted mofo book, I'd be like, well, dang, you succeeded and Godspeed to you. But in this case, I'm like, no, this is not going to go in like the romance section of a book. And it was a major publisher who was putting it out. And um, they did. They put it out as a romance. And that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Okay. So, you know, when it comes to romance, are you team bad boy or team nice guy? So I would say, like, I'm team nice guy with an alpha edge, like Park Sarah Wee or Captain Ree. And, like, look, sometimes I like to read, like, a totally wacky, toxic hero. But I read it for, like, pure enjoyment. Like, um, so I recently read this book. I'm going to say the title because I loved it. <laughs> um, it's called Run, Posey, Run. The The... The hero is a straight-up psychopath. Um, Or is it sociopath? What's the one where you have no empathy? Sociopath. Sociopath. Like, he is. Like, it's like... Is a psychopath? Psychopath. Psychopaths have no empathy. Well, he's one of those. And, like, it's in the text that he is. Like, he knows (laughs) that he cannot express, like, emotions. He's like... He's like Lee Joon-gi in Flower of Evil. It's nuts. He's crazy. He, um kidnaps the hero at one point throws her in the trunk of the car <laughs> it's great i loved it i loved every single bit of it it's a romance there's an hea but it's not like i'm <laughs> like crushing on that hero myself like i'm just reading that book for like pure enjoyment and like i got it and i loved it but like obviously there's no green flags there <laughs> No. There's, no there's no green flags um and so for me like i think there's there's a there's a difference there i think you can read about toxic heroes or even watch toxic heroes like that's fine there's no like reason you can't it's just for me i watch those things to be entertained and for like enjoyment purposes and like you said amy you're like watching that for like a finite amount of time right you know what i right. mean you know it, like it, it ends and, and it it's ends. not sus- you know it's not sustainable in real life. No. <laughs> but I'm like that's cool. I'll I'll right. be entertained. For, but I guess for that. So my question then is, like, it's an HEA. Is he still like a psychopath or sociopath at the end? Yeah. It, well, it's actually like I would. This is incredibly clever writing. Like for real, it's very smart writing. He basically has to learn what love is, and he, in a way, like he. He has to learn, oh, this is so hard to explain, like, he's like, okay, so that's love. Like, I, I didn't this know. This is how I behave if I, if I love someone. Correct. Like, I, this is how I'm going to interpret love. Because okay. I can't, I can't view love the same way you do, like the heroine. Right. Um, obviously, like, in the text, it's honestly very smart. It's a really, honestly, it's a great book. Um, I love, I love all this author's books. But, um, yeah, it's actually really, really interesting. Um, how she deals with it because he has, he's not like magically cured he's or he's not cured there's no cure like he just kind of like adapts I would say it's it's I mean that's interesting because I feel like it kind of goes with our conversation well both our conversations that we had in um, Extraordinary Attorney Wu with this idea of you know anyone who has any sort of neurodivergence right mm-hmm. they respond mm-hmm. differently emotionally and it's Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're getting into like psychopathic or sociopathic behavior, there's mm-hmm. obviously, you know, violence connected to that. So that might be like a little bit of a different thing. But this idea that just because 
you're just because you operate differently, like you have a different mm-hmm. sort of chemical makeup, right? It doesn't mean that you don't have these emotions, like that you don't experience love, you just experience it differently kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that interesting. Um, I personally, I wouldn't seek out a toxic type, because to me that sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, like a toxic hero. You know what I mean? I get it. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I totally get so it. So like I, I might happen upon that, but I don't seek it out. But like the bad, the bad boy hero type thing, I do like. But again, I like my bad boy heroes with growth. So that mm-hmm. even when the story ends, I can imagine some sort of, you know, that it's not just a happy for now, that there's some sort of sustainability, you know, going on there. Um, but mm-hmm. I think because, because when I read a romance or when I watch a romance, and I think we all do this to some extent, we insert ourselves in as the heroine if it's, you know, a, a cishet romance and we are cishet, like whatever, which, whatever, you know, whichever way you identify. But I, you know, when I'm watching a cishet romance, I insert myself as the heroine. And so for me, I want a hero that I think could be sustainable outside of my fantasy, even if it is a vampire, right? Like that, that's Mm -hmm. why I like to see after like seven years that like, you know, that Damon's like a good, you know, person (laughs) sort of, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's why heroes like Park Surrey, which mm-hmm. I can't believe you took him after all your thoughts on. <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned. I him. know, I know, but um, no, but it, like that's why heroes like him and like Captain Ree, who are like larger than life, too good, like would never exist in my real life. But that's why I like to insert myself into that kind of fantasy <laughs> too, because that's like the ultimate happily ever after, right? Like where you have like the alpha hero with the fanny pack, like. That's a big fantasy for me, and that's the mm-hmm. type of hero that I, I seek out. Yeah, that's fair. I think my fantasy sweet spot is the grappling that kind of happens in the middle here of the Venn diagram. So one hero I really love is Reese Sander from Sarah oh. J. Moss's fantasy series. Um, really just Court of Mist and Fury. Just that one. Just that <laughs> um, one. Yeah, just that one. Um, so, you know, Reese is messed up and, like, he's an anti-hero. But then, like, oops, he's also a very good human. Like, he would be great well, to he's good. Well, he's staff. good fae. Because <laughs> he's not a... Yeah, he's good fae. Oh, God. He's not yeah, human. Oh, God. Okay. He's not human. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he's also a very good fae. A very good being who is, like, loyal to his people. So, look, I can forgive a lot, apparently, if an anti-hero is going to be all in for the people that they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I also really like, like, you know, BDSM, you know, romances and ones that have in particular a quality dom. And these are very hard to get right. Like, I am so picky on this and it's rare and delightful to me when I find one because for me personally, I find these get very effed up in the execution to me and my taste. So to me, a good dom requires a lot of intuition, um, emotional and mental intelligence, self-awareness, compassion, communication, responsibility, and respect. So I feel like in fiction and in real life, like, I feel like there's a lot of people that like just want to be bossy and like sexually assertive and are like, I want to be the dom. And it's like, no, that's not it. Like, that's how it like, you know, it's like the alpha with the fanny packs. Like, right. you know, it's a lot more responsibility than that. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I like the nice guy in the streets and the bad boy in the sheets. Boom. Love it. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so before we get into K-dramas, just who's our favorite Western Green Flag hero and what do you love or appreciate about them? Um, okay, so I'm I'm going to go with Lucas from Stranger Things, uh, played by Caleb McLaughlin. Uh, I just, I just, uh, he's just a lot of green flags, okay? So the way this kid crushes on Max is just adorable. Um, especially I would say season four was a lot of green flags. Okay. The kid's like, he's more mature now. He's in high school. Lot, a lot of green flags. Okay. He like, he pays attention to her very much more so than a lot of like her other friends. He knows when she's down. He, he is actively aware that she is having a depressive episode and he checks in on her frequently. He gives her like the most amazing pep talks like oh my gosh and he i mean i don't want to give away like stranger things but he does so much for her in season four and he does so much for his friends and not at first, he gets though. very not at first not at first but yes not at first but then he pulls out that he green does. flag and then he is all in for his friends for his sister and completely would do anything yep. for max i mean really sacrifices a whole lot for Max. Ugh. And um, just, you know, and he was the one who knew what song would save her. Ugh. Look, if you have seen it, you know. Right. He Lucas knew. Is the reason, he pays... Lucas is the reason for Kate Bush being back on the radio. <laughs> right. Lucas is the reason. It's just he, pay, this is the deal. He pays attention. He pays attention to the, to the, to the person that he cares about, which is Max. And yeah, I just, I just love Lucas. Again, season four, Lucas was tons of red um, i'm sorry tons of green flags yeah he was yeah. i think he was a character who Love showed some really good growth throughout mm-hmm. the season because yeah i mean things happen in high school you change you sort of splinter off from your friends into different groups and stuff um and i like that lucas saw i mean this is not a, this is not a spoiler but lucas saw that the people that he had aligned himself with were actually pretty toxic and yeah, he did. He know, he figured yeah. it out. And that was, I mean, that's a hard thing to do when you are a freshman in high school, you know? Right. So, yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. Um, okay. So for me, for Western Green Flag Heroes, I think it's a toss-up between Jim Halpert from The Office and Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. Oh, those are both such good I ones. know. It's, I, I'm like, I couldn't, and like, of course, like, they're both, you know, two of my favorite shows and both, you know, two, yeah. two Mike Schur shows because I watch everything that Mike Schur does. So anyway, so yeah, Jim and Ben. Jim's love for Pam is patient and supportive, even while she is in a toxic relationship with someone else. Because, um, yeah, Roy is toxic. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim does not manipulate her into loving him. Does he make some dumb decisions in his own love life as a result of his unrequited love? Sure. But don't we all? Like, if we feel rejected by somebody, we're, you know, going to try and fill that void. And so Jim gets in some other relationships while he's waiting for Pam, but ultimately he waits for Pam. And if this is at all a spoiler for you, like, fuck you for not watching The Office yet. (laughs) I think it's okay. It's okay. But at the end of the day, when they do finally get together, it's a healthy, sustainable relationship. Like, they do have their ups and downs, but, like, because it's a healthy relationship, it's sustainable. And as Mm -hmm. for Ben and Leslie on Parks and Rec, I mean, come on. He's the most supportive guy, even when he's at a crossroads in his own career. He still, like, lifts Leslie up and helps her achieve, even when it might be at the cost of him being able to achieve what he wants to achieve in his political career. 
Um, and I think the best thing is their wedding vows to each other. Um, Leslie says it. I, I don't know if they both do. I think they both do. But she says it first. And she says, I love you and I like you. And Ooh. I don't know. Like, that's just the epitome of green flag to me. Like, somebody that it's not just that your heart goes pitter-pat and you love them, but you like them as a human being, too. And that's yeah. huge. I love that. And I love Jim. And if you don't think that you like office <laughs> shows, I too did not realize I did. And now I know I do. And The Office is one of my favorite shows of all time. And Jim is one of my favorite heroes of all time. Not Dwight. <laughs> um, look, do you want me to talk about my love for Dwight? My sick, <laughs> dirty, disgusting attraction to Dwight? No. Because <laughs> I can. But I don't think Let's anyone move on wants to, to hear you that stealing- right now. A green flag hero from me. <laughs> yeah. So, Which is okay, okay because so we could talk this about... This is like... We could talk about these people forever, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, look, okay, so later in this um, podcast, Amy's going to touch on this uh, hero, but I didn't realize that, you know, we kind of like write in our notes. You know, I kind of just go right down the wire, and so I put one in, and then later I saw Amy kind of circled back on this one. So, look, we both love him. And so, while I love Lucas, and I really love Jim... I'm going to give a shout out to Shit's Creek's butter-voiced beau, Patrick. So Patrick is thoughtful and practical, and he balances out David's more chaotic creative energy. And I really like how he navigated his sexuality really deftly, moving from a cishet dude to having feels unexpected, unexpectedly for his business partner to becoming a queer husband. And there was no like gay panic or shame like to unpack within the show. And I really was grateful for that. And to me, this is a character who demonstrated really great boundaries. He listened. And something else I really enjoyed was how he would hold space. So, you know, when there was a lot of big feels coming at him from David, he was very good at kind of creating a space where that was allowed to happen, but in like a safe way and never becoming like a doormat. And I love how he wears his heart on his sleeve. And Amy's going to get into that a little bit later. But for me, he is simply the best. Oh, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you say that last So, <laughs> who is a top favorite K-drama green flag hero? And what attributes make them a green flag? So I'm going to go with Park Young-shik as Yi Hun in Happiness. That man is just a walking green flag. <laughs> just, I, I just don't even know what to say about him. He really him. is. I feel like you just have to watch the whole drama to like mm-hmm. get it. A beautiful Disney, pl- Disney prince walking green flag. He, he looks yeah. like he looks like a Disney prince. I mean, just put him in a live action like Disney show. Like he can sing. Just put him in. I want to see Park Young Shik. He could have been um, Prince Eric in The Little prince Mermaid. Eric. Ugh, no, he's too good to be Prince Eric. I hate the <laughs> yeah, Little I Mermaid. Like I mean, I'm so happy for the Little Mermaid's representation, yes, but yeah, like yes. overall, that's like a garbage uh, romance. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so Yi Hyun, he, I mean, first of all, he was a great leader. Like, let's just get that right out there. He does have his fanny pack of cheesy crackers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he cared about like all his people in AKA, you know, the residents of the apartment who were under attack from infected zombies. I mean, he he's a detective, okay? And he really took it upon himself that he's he took like he's like I'm a detective, so my responsibility is to keep these people alive. Like even when these people are like shitty <laughs> people, he's still like this is my duty to be like a good a good human. 
And his romance with Sabom, oh my god, his crush of like a decade. He respected her so much. Like, beyond, you know? And mm-hmm. she was definitely an alpha female. Um, he deferred to her often. Like, they would have, of course, that's one thing about this drama. They kept having meetings. <laughs> so like, many meetings. Stop having meetings. So many apartment meetings. <laughs> so many. But he would often, like the, like, the two of them would talk and they would collaborate on how to deal with the problems. Like, and they would listen to each other respectfully. Um, he would often let her talk. He didn't try to, like, be the man and bust in there and, and take over the meeting. And he and he did it in a way that still made him like so hot, like like he like exuded positive masculinity <laughs> instead of like again uh, instead of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, he really he absolutely. I mean, if you've seen Happiness without you know saying too much, he sacrificed a hell of a lot. He sacrificed so much for Sabom and for other and for others. He just respected her and overall. Honestly, he's just like the the biggest the biggest green flag. I do just want to give an honorable mention to So Kung Myung, played by Park Sung Hoon from Into the Ring. If we're going to talk about another green green flag hero and someone who's just incredibly supportive, listens and isn't full of toxic masculinity, it's him. Yeah, that's a good one. Those are both really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I was going to go all Kang Teo here on Extraordinary Attorney Woo, but I talked a lot about him <laughs> in our Extraordinary Woo, Extraordinary Attorney Woo pods. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let him rest. Um and I wanted to choose someone who was more well rounded because we did talk about how, you know, the character of Jun Ho was pretty two dimensional. So I want to talk about somebody who's well well rounded as far as how the character is written. So I'm going with Kim Sun Ho in Hometown Cha Cha Cha. So despite his character Dushik, living with a secret trauma for most of his adult life, Hong Dushik is basically everyone else's rock. Not just Haijin, our lovely dentist, played by Shin Min Ah, but everyone in town. They all depend on him, and he is 100% there for everyone when they need him. I think his character's biggest flaw is not being able to turn the table and accept help from everybody else or even admit that he needs it. But as far as being like the, I mean, talk about the metaphorical fanny pack with the crackers. Like, you need a handyman. He's your guy. <laughs> like, oh my god, you need. Remember when he like renovated her? He could like, do everything. That whole office. Yes. Ugh. Like he was, you know, like the jack of all trades around town. Like, yeah. You need a real estate agent. He's your guy. <laughs> like everything. He's got every license possible. Like, it was adorable and so you fun. You need a perfect Americano? He's your guy. He's your guy, right. <laughs> yeah. Every, literally, yeah. Everything. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, because like, our, our green flag heroes aren't at all perfect, right? Like, they're, it's not like they're oh God, perfect no. humans. And so I like that we have this guy who is there for everybody. He is flawed, and he needs to be vulnerable and ask for his own help and forgive himself for, you know, past trauma. But if you need him, he is there for you. Mm-hmm. God loved him. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with Young Sik from When the Camellia Blooms. You don't say. <laughs> I know, because we all know how much I love Kang Han So this is a character who falls fast and hard. But when he does, um, but what he does is he ensures his love interest, the single mom, Dong Baek, knows he is emotionally available. Ding, ding, ding for Amy. <laughs> this man is 
very emotionally available. Yes. Um, he's also a protector without being dominating. He respects her physical space. He doesn't ever hump her leg like a horny dog. <laughs> like he lets her kind of like come to him physically. Like he's not pressuring her ever physically. Um, and hot, hot, hot. He looks out for her son as if he was his own. He's the, I mean, that, Episode I don't know 11. how I didn't think of him first. Episode Biggest, 11. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a 100 out of 10 green flag hero. All right. And so just for a little wag of the finger, who is a character who gets a certified Afternoon of Delight red flag award? Uh, the hero in 1% of something. And I, like, I know a lot of people do like this drama. I just had someone on Twitter who was like, that's my favorite drama. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I, and that's totally cool if you like it. But, but I'm entitled to tell you I didn't. <laughs> I think he was extremely toxic. He put the heroine through the ringer for nothing. Communi- communicated poorly. Was not a good boss. He would not tip the waitstaff well. He probably would not thank the janitor. Okay? He's just a jerk. And he also wore terrible suits. I still can't believe they put Captain Ree's brother in this role. It makes me sad. I love that you chose a red flag hero who you just hate. And Leah and I both chose red flag heroes that we love. <laughs> I can't, you know what? Let me do say right now, though. Let me say. Um, so I'm watching If You Wish Upon Me. And Ji Chang Wook's character. So many red flags. Like, <laughs> he, is, he is the biggest red flag character however the transition of him realizing what his red flags are and how to turn them green is fucking amazing yeah that's that basically i mean that's hot i mean yeah, 100 he is he is learning he is learning his red flags he's learning the reason he has those red flags and he's learning how to turn them green it's great but well, you just sold, i mean how to sell how to sell me in a drama you just okay but but it but it, episode one and it, there's this like this isn't a spoiler like there's like a, a, a doctor who's like full of green flags who likes the heroine full of green flags <laughs> he's he's really great but he, he's not right for he's not right for her um it isn't no. really like a, a love triangle that you're gonna but um but it is funny. I, I remember, like, there was a point where I was like, she really should probably just go with the doctor because Ji Chang Wook is so many red flags. But again, uh, the transition has been delightful to watch. I mean, I know I've talked about his lightning bolt shirt before, but the suit jacket that goes with the lightning bolt shirt is also a red flag, which has a giant <laughs> sequined skull on the back. Yeah, it's so it is bad. like literally the entire length and width of the jacket. <laughs> A giant sequin skull. It's Hot. so bad. I love it so much. But he's a, you're right. He's a, I'm on episode five. Like he's out of it. Like it's it's totally fine. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So for me, I'm going Gujun Pio from Boys Over Flowers. Like toxic as fuck, but I love him so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will never ever not find him pointing at his foot and telling the heroine <laughs> to lick. To lick his shoe like the ice cream off of it yeah <laughs> look i'm sorry it's not in real life no 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 that would be like nope <laughs> done but in this i'm like buddy i mean like his mom didn't love him enough. 
<laughs> but he has money. I mean, he's issues. always sitting at this giant dining room table alone with servants bringing him food. Like, it's very sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Does he thank the wait staff? No, fuck no. no. But I bet he. No, I they curl his hair no. for him. Like, right. <sighs> okay, so for me, it's a drama that you haven't seen, either of you. Moon Lovers, Scarlet Heart Ryo, and it is The Fourth Prince. Wong So, played by Lee Jun Gi. I mean, that's all I gotta say. And look, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, you know, he's not real. So I don't want my friends in real life to date him. But this dude is like Phantom of the Opera, sexy AF in the show. And what do we know about this Phantom of the Opera? I've always been a Phantom girl. <laughs> but like, Phantom is fucked up. Like, he kidnaps someone and <laughs> takes her to like the basement of the opera house and like, holds her hostage. Wang So is just very obsessive. He has a lot of issues. He mm, does sacrifice a lot of morals. But, you know, he's got lovable qualities too. <laughs> it's just that, like, at the end of the day, you know, I'm trying to just think of, like, where do I go without spoilers or not spoilers? I mean, look, at the end of the day, he's going to like you but if he needs to fuck his sister, he will. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's definitely. Uh, I mean, that kind of fantasy me. land because we don't. That kind of sold me. You know, like Jamie Lannister. Like, yeah, we don't yeah. want the guy who fucks his sister in real life. No, but right. in fantasy land, and I'm not saying he wanted to fuck his sister. He just had to fuck his sister for reasons. Oh my god, as one does. Well, now you should have told me that from the beginning. That's how you saw me. <laughs> Mandatory Horrible. sister fucking sells yeah. Megan. <laughs> Duty calls. Duty calls. Duty calls sister fucking edition. Is that like the worst video game? Isn't there like a video game called Duty Calls? Call it's called Duty. Call of Duty! <laughs> Duty Calls! <laughs> I mean, I World Wide Web. Oh my god. What's that a video game? Duty calls. Is, is duty calls a video game on the World Wide Web? Oh shit! <laughs> Leah, that was so funny. Oh my god! I'm so... Oh god. Oh, okay. 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 Well, now it's time for our favorite segment of the week. It's our K-pop wreck, and this week we have Leah. And I am going with a interesting choice because this this song hasn't dropped yet, but it's dropping in like. Six hours. Well, it will have dropped out and I can, this episode's out. Yeah, and I can tell it's already amazing. So, look. Right now, we are almost at the time for J-Hope and Crush's collab that is dropping just after midnight here in California. The song is Rush Hour, and I'm telling you, the teasers are already lit, as the kids would say. <laughs> so, As the kids who play Crush. duty calls would say. As the kids <laughs> go on the World Wide Web to do the tweeter would say. So Crush is Hobie's friend, and he's a noted R&B singer, and many of our listeners probably already love him for his contribution to the Goblin original soundtrack with Beautiful, which, you know, plays on repeat throughout the entire drama. As um, it should. So Rush Hour's, yeah, as it should. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't even mean to do that. Okay, so... For Rush Hour, the sound is really smooth and it has a great beat. And I feel like it's the kind of song that you'll want to crank in sweater weather 
with a pumpkin spice latte while the crisp autumn air pours into your minivan or is that just me i don't know (laughs) i'll let you know but it's gonna be amazing if you enjoy our podcast you have our patrons to thank at least in part afternoon of delight patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there and not to brag but our patreon community is pretty awesome and you can join at a tier that feels good to you gain access to fun perks like k-drama posts monthly patreon only bonus podcasts and even a live k-drama support group on zoom because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists amazing characters and all those feelings and look no one should have to walk that walk alone so learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, blow up your skin with K-merch recs, find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. And I also just wanted to give a plug because I am referencing J-Hope from BTS that um, we do now have a spin-off podcast from Afternoon Delight, and it is called Afternoon Army. And it is now found on all streaming um, pod channels, and it's for... Um, people who are BTS fans or BTS curious um, with the tagline of being thirsty, thinky, and over 30. So you don't have to be over 30 to listen to it, but it is kind of for like older fans because, you know, there can be judgment about, you know, older fans who are still like, you know, loving on BTS or K-pop in general. And I am laughing because today I did have a listener who um, has gone back in their, uh, they're in like the Reply 1988 podcast. And apparently in the Reply 1988 podcast, I mentioned how much, you know, I love Reply 1988. And I feel like there should be a whole podcast just dedicated to Reply 1988, like unpacking Reply 1988. And I was like, I would, I should do just more spinoff podcasts, but I can't, you know, I need to focus and not do that. And she's like, funny how you had that intention set and now you're spinning off and doing another podcast. <laughs> You know, this is what happens. I am a very contradictory person, as I've said. And if I say I'm not going to do something or I don't like something, just wait six months and I'll be doing it and loving it. Duty calls. So duty calls. Check out Afternoon Army podcast. I will be there. I am going to drag Amy in to uh, do some shows sometimes because Amy is stepping into the warm purple light of BTS and it makes me so happy. And you know what? Megan's likes it enough. Mm -hmm. So you can come play too. Okay. I will just say that I I play a new game with myself now where I listen to BTS on the way home from work and I see how how well I can do identifying who's singing. Oh, that's (laughs) hard. I play that game as well. That is hard to do. I mean, like, there are some people who are obviously, like, very – I mean, like, Jimin. You're always going to know Jimin. You're always going to know Jimin. Um, and same You're with V know and V too. Like, yeah. like V is very, you know, very. V has such a distinctive voice. But like, I, yeah, what it is is if you can't tell who it is, it's J.K. That's how you know because he well, has but, like the most. Yeah, voice. I mean, I was gonna say like 
like like JK has a very distinct voice, but also sometimes when Jin sings, he can sound like JK. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. So anyway, it's fun. And my new favorite song is Microcosmos. And there you go. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about a favorite K-drama romance trope. When a character falls hard and fast for their significant other. What's a green flag example of this? You know, look, I love a good love at first sight trope or love it or I'm sorry, lust at first sight. Love both of those. I write that pretty much every book. So I'm going to say absolutely Nam Dosan in Startup. I mean, he was pretty much a goner without even seeing the heroine. He like read her letter and fell in love and just, oh. I love it. I love it. I know that there, that Startup is very split as far as like either you love it or you don't. I love that drama. Love it Me so too. much. And I love Nam Dosan. I love Big Boy too, but I love Nam Dosan. Good boy. Good boy. Oh, Nam sorry. Big, big boy. boy. Sorry. Good boy. Good boy. I was like, good boy. I'm getting. There is no big no, boy. boy. And you're thinking of Big Boss from December I am, to December. I am trans, I'm transposing Big <laughs> Boss and Good Boy. Sorry. I like it. I like Back it. Up. Let's have a K drama that just like has a big boy, boy in it. Yeah. I like Good Boy too. But Nam Dosan is it for me. And Good Boy is a big boy. Yes, Good Boy is a big boy. It's all right. It's all good. So for me, I chose The King Eternal Monarch because this is a, I mean, this is like a parallel universe as Love at First Sight where he basically falls for, uh, so Lee Gon falls for Kim Tae-ul's badge, like her ID badge um, that is left at the scene of his father's murder when he's almost murdered by his uncle when he's a kid and he and her face is on the her badge. face is on the badge yeah her idea he I said it's like, her ID like a... I said it's not okay badge. okay um and he hangs on to this until he's an, a grown man and when he finally does find out how he can cross universes and finds her for the first time she's like who is this creepy dude on a white horse in the middle of the street and he's like <laughs> I love you. Uh, Yeah, so I just, I love that. I love when there's a fantasy element to it as well, obviously, because I've talked about a lot how I love, you know, fantasy and paranormal romances. But yeah, I love this sort of, you know, star-crossed lovers, like literally across worlds, finding their way Mm. to be together. And insta-love. Okay, so (laughs) speaking of white horses, I'm going to take Maximus the white horse from King's Affection, not King's Affection, what are we talking about? King Eternal Monarch. And I'm going to beat it. (laughs) Until he dies, because I'm now talking about when the camellia blooms again. And I love this drama. I love this hero. I'm back on Young Sick. And I want to talk about when he falls fast and hard for the heroine, because it starts off in a bookshop. And I just think, who doesn't want to find love in a bookshop? Mm. It's like life goals. Um, And look, okay, when you see someone you think looks all right, it is not okay to stare a hole through their head. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) But Young Sik is so truly innocent and charming, and he stands there watching Dung Baek, like, select a novel, and there's this narrative voiceover, because I just rewatched it, because I loved it so much, and he's like, maybe it was because of the bookshop. Like, maybe if I'd met her in a marinated crab shop, it could have gone different. Oh, <laughs> I, I do just remember love, that. Like, he's so earnest. Oh, the earnestness and then he's is like, so sweet and endearing. And then he's like, no, no, it's always her. Oh. So he's like, maybe it is like the bookshop fantasy if it was a marinated crab oh. shop. And I was like, God, I just love you. So there we go. So good. So, cute. Oh, so who is a K-drama actor who has played a red flag 
and a green flag hero well. So I kind of went with Gong Yu in one particular drama, um, in Coffee Prince, because I think he kind of shows both. So Gong Yu in Coffee Prince in the beginning was so kind of like icky that Leah and I almost stopped Mm -hmm. watching it. And we're like, this is not going good places. I mean, he is like a total like Lothario, basically. And he wants the heroine to play his gay lover so that he doesn't so that he can scare away blind dates that his grandma's setting him up on. Yeah, so there's like the gay panic. Yes, it's gross, just all, like... it's so, yeah, it's gross and icky and toxic, but then turns into something beautiful, as does his character. And I mean, and it shouldn't work. It, it should, should not, not work, work but it start. does. And like all the way to the line, like, I don't care if you're a boy or an alien. Like, ugh, so good. So, yeah, I mean, like, I just think it's a really good example of something that had the potential to be so toxic and gross and ended up being lovely. So I went with um, Kim Woo-bin um, because his character as the poor little rich boy, Yong-do in Airs, is, you know, very red flag. But I love Did him. Did I love Yong-do? But I love yes. him. I love Yong-do. <laughs> However, Yong-do was like, you know, you wouldn't want your daughter with Yong-do. No. Let's put it that way. You don't want to date a Yong-do yourself. <laughs> like lots of uh, lack of boundaries, just a gaping void of need. <laughs> like just not good. <laughs> And then he plays the kind, patient, loving, supportive sea captain Park Jung Joon in Our Blues. I still have to watch this. Who is so gentle, who gives the heroine space, who is emotionally available, who prioritizes her family, who makes space for her in his life, and is just generally a wonderful freaking man with shoulders that could hold up the world like Atlas. Mm. He's so beautiful. Um, I guess I need to talk about Anbo Hyun in every podcast. So this is the time <laughs> I can do it. So first of all, he plays like an absolutely toxic asshole in Itawan class. Like his, every single part of him is a red flag. <laughs> in yep. Itawan class, there's zero green flags. Zero. No. And just since Amy mentioned, you know, like Gong Yu in coffee prince being like red flag to green flag i mean i would say that's also him in his character as military prosecutor doberman he starts out so many red flags whole red flags and the same thing he then had to learn what was so red flag about himself and um turn those into green flags very similar so i would say uh in military prosecutor doberman then he turns into this like self-sacrificing guy who's you know willing to like watch the heroine like kick butt and he is instead of feeling emasculated he's just really proud and he's like yeah you go (laughs) it's fantastic Mm. he's a huge green flag in her private life yeah and that too well in military prosecutor doberman too he ends up he's just like i'm i'll be your dog you you tell me where to bark and where to bite and i'll do it for you i mean it's that's that was that's pretty uh, yeah that was actually pretty hot he did that too um, so what is a relationship red flag that is actually a green flag? And let's unpack how that plays out in a in a K-drama. Just to point out, like Leah shared a really fun list for us. Um, it's a BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed list that is relationship red flags that are actually green flags, which I thought was a really fun list. 
one of them was not being close with your family. And at first this can feel like a red flag because it's like, why don't you have any contact with your family? Like, you kind of would look at the hero and be like, what did you do wrong kind of thing, right? But actually it might be the family that's toxic. And so they might be distancing themselves from a toxic relationship, which I think we see some toxic families a lot in K-dramas. Some K-drama heroes and heroines have some pretty toxic parents. I think a really great example of a character taking a step away from family because of toxicity is Yoon Suri in Crash Landing on You. You know, she does not have a good relationship with her brothers. You know, her father only kind of wants to use her to manipulate her her brothers. And then um, her, I guess it's her stepmom, right? Her stepmom, who hasn't really ever been able to show her love. There's a lot of issues there. And then um, Kim Tan in Airs, and that's, so this is my second chance, or third third time, sorry, third time to bring up Lee Min Ho tonight is Kim Tan from Airs. And because, you know, he's in love with a girl of no means, no money. His mom is basically, his mom is a kind of kept concubine to his father. And his father has a wife who kind of parades as Kim Tan's mother but really she's not and so it takes him a while to kind of pull away and like be proud and like admit who his real mother is in public and to love the woman that he's going to love despite you know his father trying to get rid of her and we have a lot of that with you know like chable and air type people where the parents are always trying to you know pay off the heroine to get rid of her um and the hero either goes along with that or has to sort of step away and then just kind of a, you know, a, a honorable mention to uh, Lee Joongi in Flower of Evil stepping away from connection with his father because, you know, his father is a serial killer. <laughs> um, okay. So for me, I'm going to do sleeping in separate bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> because, look, this relationship red flag that I think can be a green flag is... You know, for some people, this works really well. And I always thought it was interesting that uh, my sister, for example, even when she first started dating her husband and, like, then moved in with him, they always had separate rooms. And at first I thought it just seemed unusual because it's not the norm. And now I think that there's, like, a mad genius to it because they have their own space and they come together when they choose to. And I think it's in some ways, like, very healthy and boundary setting and um lately for work um i end up sleeping you know apart from my partner um you know during the month when i'm on call for work and again it's kind of nice to just be like oh this is my space and i'm gonna have some time and then like i don't know there's just something about nice about like choice and not having everything just be like routine and it's like i don't know there's something just cool about it and so with crash landing on you look they take it very far (laughs) He crawls through a tunnel on his belly like a slithering slug <laughs> to not sleep with her. But you know what? Good. If they want their own boundaries and their own space, I'm going to pretend that they, you know, they hook up on the couch. <laughs> One can hope. Yeah. I mean, just as long as like, yeah, they're doing it somehow. So this conversation has been pretty cishet focused, but queer folk need all the green flags as well. So what's a favorite queer green flag example so i had this in here before leah talked about patrick as being the best green flag hero just letting y'all know that but yeah, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going western for this one because i've i've watched 
just more Western queer shows at this point than I have Korean. And for me, it's the combination of David and Patrick on Schitt's Creek. Um, so many examples, but I'll, I'll give you two of my favorites that show that both of them can have their, their greenest, you know, green flag moments, um, even with them being such different personalities. So there, there's an episode where, spoiler, David wets the bed, like when he's sleeping at Patrick's place. It is <laughs> mortifying. Hilarious, but mortifying. And Dave, I like this line happens and I love it. David's like, well, we have to get divorced now and they're not even married yet. <laughs> so it's it's so cute and funny. And while Patrick is a little cheeky about it in his reaction, he does it with love and he doesn't make David feel bad about it. And it's just, it's lovely. Like he comforts David in his extreme mortification. And then kind of turning the tables, um, another example is my favorite episode called Olive Branch. And in this episode, Patrick is angry at David because they they were estranged for a little bit um, with a lot to do with Patrick's like past relationship um, with a woman that he was supposed to marry. And they were estranged and David needed some time away and Patrick was showering him with gifts. And David forgave Patrick long before the gifts stopped coming because he just kind of liked getting stuff and Patrick <laughs> found out that David like wanted to get back together but was just kind of holding out for like more presents <laughs> and Patrick's like no you need you need to sit in your shame for a little bit and so David wants to make up for it and so David's olive branch that he sends to him or offers to him goes with what Leah was talking about earlier she called Patrick the butter butter voiced bow which is what Moira um calls him because there's an episode where they have a an open mic at their general store at Rose Apothecary and Patrick does an acoustic rendition of Tina Turner's Simply the Best and sings it to David and it's beautiful and lovely and it's the best little serenade. So David, not being as talented as Patrick in the singing department, does an over-the-top lip sync like where he sits Patrick in a chair you know, hits play on the music and does this like over-the-top lip-sync to Simply the Best um, to basically apologize to Patrick. Um, and even the actor Dan Levy said that he had to, like, drink, like, a bottle of Prosecco before he could do this scene because it was so over-the-top and vulnerable, you know, not just for himself as an actor, but for David as a character. And so they're both, yeah, just, like, the best the best queer green flags. Um, okay, so for me, look, I'm going to go to Color Rush and Yuhan. So I'm not going to talk about Color Rush 2. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't finish it. I pretend it didn't exist. I don't know what happened. Did Yuhan just decide he wasn't going to do it anymore? I don't know. So anyway, just scratch that Color Rush 2 exists. Color Rush 1 is all we're talking about. But look, Yuhan in season one, this is a, the, the, the short premise of this drama, and we've done a whole pod on it, is that there are people in the world known as monos and they cannot see color. And then if they like match up with like their person, they'll have a color rush and they can like see the world in color. And Yuhan allows his mono to see color and the boy memorizes the entire spectrum oh, of I color know. existence for his boo. He must spend so, a lot of time <laughs> at Home Depot. Like... <laughs> I mean, he'll just sit and tell him the colors and they are very specific. Like, what, like, can you even remember it, Megan? He'd be like, 
light blue. Yeah. Velvet yeah. blue. Ocean yeah. blue. Umber. All the different. And the way he said brown. <laughs> the way he said blue was so cool. Yeah. Like blue, blue. Yeah. And like, you know, he, he, I mean, like half the drama, I think, like I spent at least an hour listening to colors <laughs> and I just love it. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to go with a Thai drama because um, Thai drama has tons of queer, specifically like boy love um, yes. type dramas. Um, this is A Tale of a Thousand Stars. And like, look, the premise is just great. It's like a very great trope. It's basically like a city boy teacher has to travel to like the Thai country, like the country um, to teach children. And there's, like, military station there to, like, protect the villagers and and things like that. And um, it's really, like, this enemies to lovers with the teacher and one of the guards. But once the relationship kicks off, it's just tons of red – or it's tons of green flags. The, the military character, uh, he's played by Earth. He's just so wholesome, very alpha – he loves his community and loves the children. Um, he helps um, the character played by Mix just to do like cute little crafty things with the children. Like he'll like embarrass himself just to like make the kids laugh. And it's just really, really sweet. And like this, this too is like such a, a slow burn. Like some of the Thai dramas can be definitely like really racy. But this one was just like even a kiss was just... Uh, like when they finally kiss you're just so happy because it finally happens and yeah it was just a really really sweet drama like once i this one like i binged in a stupid amount of time i just could not i could not stop watching it yeah i'm a big fan of um thai dramas especially um at the moment as well they're they're just um they're short too and so it's kind of like a good like you know you can like get a good fix and get something really like emotional and angsty and then like pop out and i think that's really fun and we talk we have a we have a podcast on Ken Porsche, um, which is obviously the the Thai drama that like, you know, really blew up. Um, but we talk about how Kin is horrible, like full of red flags. But um throughout the drama he really, really becomes a great boyfriend. Truly. Oh yeah. Because he finally asks for consent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the back half of the drama. So yeah. So what is a green flag plot line that you want the universe to grant K-drama land? So look, something I would love and universe so far, you know, you've, you've been good to me. I want a K-pop idol slash bodyguard romance where the idol is beloved by the world, but oh so lonely. And the man and the bodyguard is a person who obviously protects but, like, is that nice guy on the streets, dark lord in the sheets sort of thing. Dark I just lord. think that would be amazing. I would give my right arm for that. Like, like similar to, yes. like, Bodyguard with, like, Kevin Costner and yeah. Whitney Houston. Hello? Yeah. And this could Hello. be this could be a straight or queer. It. I don't care. I'll I take just anything. Want, I just want either. I honestly would kill for it. And I really want there to be a scene where the idol isn't eating and the bodyguard encourages them to eat through like some sort of like wild mukbang. And I would be way into that. (laughs) I need a scene where she's being like rushed by like people in an airport Mm. and he takes charge 
and he picks her up and carriers carries her over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes but like takes off and protects her and he maybe also pushes a few people mm-hmm. physically i need that it. i need that I just can't believe there hasn't really been, like, a big K-drama with an idol. Like, with an idol as the star, right? Like, we've had idol side characters, but, like, an idol. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not a lot. I want, like, IU-level fame. K-pop idol. Like, I want... the bodyguard. I don't want training. Yeah, I want, like, a K-pop idol at his or her peak. Yes. And the bodyguard manager. And the wild fans. Like, why do we not? Like, you know, the Sessang fans and, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, like, how was that not happening? I don't like, know. I, I, <laughs> like, there was, like, um, AT's news where, like, they had these fans that literally put trackers on their cars. Like, hello, I want a bodyguard finds yes. those tracker. I want him to stomp it beneath his, like, perfect black tip no, shoe. Like a steel toe boot. <laughs> yeah, like a steel toe Big black boot. Like a shit kicker. And then he just like rages. Yep. But he's but he's all but he's only a green flag to the to the to the idol. I need that so right. Bad. Like, come on, universe. Oh my gosh. Seriously, like I there's so many things that I'm like rooting for. Like we talked. I'm gonna bring up a t- extraordinary attorney Wu again because we in our second episode, one of our guests had a really great idea for what season two of extraordinary attorney Wu should be, and I want them to realize her suggestion. So. Anyway, um, I want, I feel like a broken record here. I want a vampire drama. I know that there's some stuff out there, but it's it's few and far between. I want a grumpy vampire drama. And I think I want it to be male-male. And I want the, the second hero to be a vampire hunter who falls for his prey. And I think I want the human, the hunter, to be the alpha with the fanny pack and the vampire to be world-weary and ready to let the hunter kill him until, of course, you know, they fall in love. God, mm. I want that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Oh I would eat that Come up. Come on. Maybe we just need to do a whole show on like the dramas we want to see. We should we just need to like beat <laughs> sheet yeah. these and then I think it's our intellectual yep. property though. So, you know, Studio Dragon, bring us in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I've and I've said this before, my like what I want, I want an assassin who falls for we his do mark. Love this. I freaking love this. And I've mentioned it before. Um, and I, he's going to decide to risk his retirement and his life to help her get revenge on the people who want her yes. dead. So like very similar to like my name when An Bo Hyun's just like, never mind. I'm going to fuck everyone up for you. And like is by her side. Differently. <laughs> ends quite differently. But uh, yeah, I know I've said that before, but I'm like always down for a good like assassin, assassin romance. Like, yeah, I mean, I should just we should just beat sheet. I mean, these would be fun books, too. Like now that I think about it. Yeah, they will. I know. I just think like for me, it's like, you know, we get tripped up on like, you know, we're not like, you know, these are own voices stories often. And so. Yeah. Um, we joke, yeah, I'm we not joke, the one. we joke when we say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, that's I, the thing. And that's what I want. I want it. I want, I want a K drama in this. I want someone yes. to give it to me. Yeah. I want someone else. And I will tee it up. Me. I will yes. tee it up if, like, if that helps, I will be like, this is what the fans would yes. like. And this is the fan yeah. experience I would like. I would like to be like when Jin went to, um, like his Maple game in his little cardigan and he got to sit down with like the, like, producers of his 
favorite video game and be like, this is what I need in my fan experience. <laughs> and I was like, you know yes. what? That is how you use your power and privilege in this world. Yes. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I will tee it up, but I need yes. you to like swing. Yeah. And I need you to provide the golf club iron yeah. wood and thing. And then just hit me and- in the face I mean, it. we're giving you. We're giving you the goal motivate. We're go- giving you the goal motivation and conflict right here in our little in our little yeah. words. All you got to do is make twelve to sixteen episodes out of it. That's all we're asking. And give me An Bo Hyun in it. Can you imagine An Bo Hyun as the bodyguard? Oh, oh my! Stop! 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 Can you? Stop, yes. stop! Stop! Can you? Stop! Well, yeah, and it's you're making me mad. <laughs> you be perfect. Be I perfect. want that. Can you imagine him just like stomping a tracker? In, in like just like all black, and then he finds the the car maybe who's been and he's like them pissed and, just, and has his crazy eye. <laughs> oh oh, and he just and he just he just like takes a bat or a golf club and just like beats and maybe the we can take a that's maybe we can take that's, a page from the CW here and instead of having him do shirtless pushups, we see him doing shirtless salmon ladder. Oh yeah, yes, yes the salmon ladder. <laughs> Like I'm not, like this, we're giving this Seriously, to you on a song. We're offering it up to you, K Drama Land. Take this, <laughs> make it. We will watch it. Uh, okay. And what if the idol is like Quan Nara? Yeah. Ooh. Um. I mean, oh honestly, God, I'd be her. like, hey, let's just bring IU in and just lean in. Let IU it. be the idol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just don't let care. Her smile. Just like let her give smile. me. Give me a, an idol with and then like a killer a hot body OST to go yes. with it. Yes. Oh my god! Yes. Have V sing <gasps> something. Have v sing everything. Oh have V be the idol. <gasps> v could also be. V could also be a good vampire. He could. He would be a very good man. I mean, he'd be a good assassin too. Honestly. All right. Oh so Kim Tae Hyung in all three of these. On. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, he would be such a good. Oh, can you imagine Kim Tae Young and like Park So Joon? So Park So Joon is the bodyguard, Fuck. and Kim Tae Young <laughs> is the idol. I would lose my mind. And <laughs> he's carrying him over. His oh shoulder. my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Make it stop! Oh my god! Oh. Park So Joon salmon ladder, please. <laughs> the Park So Joon salmon ladder. Okay, so Park uh, Sejun okay. is actually, yes, that's who I want as the bodyguard. I want yeah. Ambo Hyun as the assassin. And yes. then who do we have yes. as the grumpy vampire? I mean, I mean, doesn't it have to be the guy from tomorrow? Oh. It has to be him. I would say, I would say Lee Joon. I was going to say Lee Joon who's already been, he's a, been vampire, a vampire, but, but not, but it, yeah. Not this not kind this, of vampire. Not this kind of vampire. Lee Joon could totally do it. Actually, Lee Jun-gi what about, or Lee Soo Hyuk? Lee Dong oh, again. Like he hasn't it. been Lee Dong Wook hasn't been in anything oh, in a while, totally and he would be it. an amazing grumpy yes, vampire. Lee Dong Wook. Oh my god, he'd be so good. And he and MC One is the hunter. I mean, <laughs> that, come on, it's just the chemistry is already there. It actually writes itself. <laughs> I know. Fuck. God. <laughs> I mean, vampire hunter who falls for his prey. Stop. We've been talking about this one for a Stop. long time, too. Yes, Amy. we have. Like, Leah and I talked about writing. This. We've actually plotted this. We've plotted a version of this. But we plotted, we plotted a vampire who was a vampire hunter. Yes, which is also hot. Yeah, also hot. <laughs> what, like Blade? Y- y- I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but not Blade. Yeah. Blade, but not okay. Blade. 
I mean, that's hot. I love, I mean, yeah, Blade's I, great. I mean, just the whole, yes. the whole, like, mythos or whatever of Blade I mean, is awesome. Yeah, basically, like, a vampire who punishes bad vampires. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, oh, yes. I like, see. Yeah, like, when they, like, are outside the bounds of, like, you like know, Sheriff vampire Eric, conduct. Sheriff Eric Northman. Yeah. Like, Lee Dong-wook was punishing, like, bad gumios. Yes. Yes. So it's like yes. that vampire. The vampire who, like, you know, is there to come in and force, like, the rules of vampire. Like, you know, to keep their society safe. Now that is hot. Okay, well, now look, I'm look just, like, we presented. I know. I've got my 2023 lineup, and I'm pissed I can't I watch any of these. I'm all worked <laughs> up now. <laughs> well, okay, on that note. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with myself because I have this like longing now for yeah. stories yes. that are happening. Yeah. Oh, so universe, let's all go together in a single. Hear our plea. Bodyguard. Like assassin. I feel- <laughs> vampire. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Setting the intention. Manifesting. <sighs> we get to have this. We do. Yes, yes. we do. And on that note, everyone. Kamsabnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A F T E R N O O N A D E L I G H T. Dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, Annyeong!